0: Welcome to the Let's See Grandma the Let's Career Let's See Warrior, Grandma Warrior, Warrior, Podcast. Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about how to maximize the effectiveness of your job search, guiding you towards a more fulfilling career. Some things I'm going to address during this episode When is it time for me to move on from my current job? Where should I apply? And how can I land more interviews with companies I actually care about? You know, in our 62nd episode, I spoke about four psychology-backed ways to land the interview. This episode was my commentary on specific psychology principles for job seekers, as laid out by author, professor, and radio host Art Markman in his latest book. But boy, do I have a special treat for you guys. It's Art Markman himself! Yes, I got in contact with Art last month, and he graciously agreed to come on the show and do an episode for you career warriors. Art Markman is the author of Bring Your Brain to Work, Using Cognitive Science to Get a Job, Do It Well, and Advance Your Career. This is the quintessential career warrior way. Art is also a professor of psychology and marketing at the University of Texas at Austin. And if you ask me, a background in psychology marketing is the ultimate power combo when it comes to applying for jobs. So let's discuss how to use science-backed principles to land a job, and let's launch right into it with our Career Warrior podcast.
1: All right, Art, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, Chris. How about
0: you? (laughs) Fantastic. Excellent. Well, I thought there'd be no better way to launch into the show. Um, I want to hear a little bit about yourself and how you started helping job seekers.
1: So I have been interested in cognitive science, cognitive psychology for now almost 30 years, and... Starting probably about 15 years ago, I began to think about ways that people could use an understanding of psychology in particular to help them to do a variety of things in their lives better, whether it's changing behavior or trying to think more effectively and creatively. And, and among the ways that I've, I've tried to present this information is, is by blogging. I've blogged for Psychology Today for a long time. I've done some work with Harvard Business Review. And uh, I got actually got asked to write start writing for Fast Company uh, about six years ago, which is a wonderful website. But I realized that when they asked me to write for them, that I, I had a lot I thought I could say, but I wasn't sure what they were interested in. So I said to them, okay, I'll write for you if you'll tell me what you want me to write about. And sure. so every couple of weeks, the editors and I get together, and they feed me a set of topics, and once a week, I, I put something together. And I realized that when you looked at the questions that they were asking me to write about, they were all career management kinds of questions there were issues of you know my boss doesn't seem to like me very much what do I do or I made a big mistake how can I recover from that or uh, I, I flubbed an interview question what should I do next time that that happens and I realized that there's a lot of psychology underneath all of those kinds of career management questions and that people clearly didn't know this stuff already or I wasn't going to be asked to write about it right and after doing uh, several years of writing this in 500-word bursts on the internet, it, it began to feel like putting it all in one place, uh, really trying to make it coherent and bringing together a lot of things that, that Fast Company hadn't necessarily asked about yet but felt equally important – I brought all of that together, and, and that was really the, the genesis of the book idea and, you know, shopped that around, and Harvard Business Review Press was interested, and the next <laughs> thing you know, we were off to the races.
0: That's fantastic. And I've been telling career warriors this from the start, but just using your brain in, in psychology, I think, is one of the best things you can do.
1: You know, and what's fascinating about it is that while we have this remarkable thinking apparatus, human beings are special because we don't actually come pre-programmed by evolution with very much behavior. We, we have a lot of, of built-in behaviors that, that help us to do things like pay attention to other people and learn from them. But we don't have a lot of built-in behavior in terms of how we navigate the world, which is a blessing in the sense that it allows us to deal with whatever information landscape we find ourselves in. So as the world changes, we can adapt to it. But it's also a curse because it means we don't actually know very much. And so <laughs> – we don't actually I feel like
0: I don't know very much. So yeah. And
1: and so and so we need to find ways to learn from the people around us. And that's particularly true when it comes to learning about how to use your brain effectively. Mm -hmm. We don't actually necessarily we're not born knowing a lot about that. So how do we then learn about the principles of cognitive science so that we can use them to, to be more effective in all the things we do, including managing the career?
0: a big question i think we discussed before the show was you know what are the signs that it's time for me to plan my next career move yeah uh, when do you think that is
1: yeah it's, it's such an in- interesting thing you know you, you you get a job and and Early on, it's exciting, and you're, you're learning new things, and you're engaging with colleagues. And even if it's a new position within a firm you've worked for, it's a new set of responsibilities. And for a while, it's very exciting and very interesting. But I think a lot of people can get kind of locked into uh, just a day-to-day humdrum rhythm in which they don't feel like they're necessarily contributing to anything significant and and one of the things that happened in the book as I was writing about uh, the transition from one career to another or one job to another is the number of stories in which people suffered some kind of significant personal tragedy, whether it was they themselves getting sick or having a close relative or friend pass away, Sure. where suddenly they reflected on where they were in their lives and decided to make a big change. and and i really feel like we shouldn't wait for tragedy to strike before we actually try to think about how to move on. and so what i what i tell people is about every year i think it's important to take a step back and ask yourself how am i doing? am i still learning? am i excited about the mission of my organization? what are my values? so a lot of times we take a job Initially, in part, we, we we enjoy that job based on on the fit between what we do in that job and our own underlying values. So, if if you're someone who values achievement and wants to be seen as having made a contribution, then you're looking for those those trappings of success. But but not everybody is motivated and values achievement. There are sure. people who value benevolence. They want to do sure. they want to do good things for the people around them or tradition. They want to bind themselves to their culture. You'd like to be in a, in a job that, that fits those values. So you have to ask yourself, do I feel like I'm able to live those values? And on top of that, have my values changed? It's possible that early in your career, you really value achievement. And then after, you, after a while, you realize, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's actually not the most important thing. I, I'd like to have a little bit more pleasure in my life. I'd, li- I'd like to have a little bit more opportunity to help others, whatever it is. And, and so if the job is no longer feeding those values... It's time to think about reorienting what you're doing.
0: You remind me of a time where I was transitioning. I just quit my first job out of college. Um, one thing I realized I strongly valued at the time was adventure. So uh, for me, I had to go out there and travel the world and see oh. Europe. I'd never been to Europe before. But it's funny you, you talk about you know, stopping and pausing and reassessing your, you know, am I aligned with my values? I did realize that at the time my values had changed. You know, I had got the adventure out. I was like, you know, I think now it's time for more personal growth and focusing on things like that. So, cool. Well, I want to ask you, um, just so we have time to launch into the core here, Yeah. uh, if I could really boil down this podcast into one thing, it would be maximizing the effectiveness of the job search. So I want to kind of launch into a question here that brings that all together. (laughs) Where the heck should I apply for jobs? (laughs)
1: Well, the first thing to say about applying for jobs is you should apply for way more jobs than you think you need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people err by looking at job descriptions and, and applying only for things that they feel like, well, this is exactly in my wheelhouse. Uh, I'm, this, is the per- this feels like the perfect job for me. And there are, there are uh, several reasons why you should actually apl- apply much more widely than that. The okay. first, of course, is that there's just a tremendous amount of randomness. In in the process, and by randomness, I just mean factors that are completely outside of your control. And so, even if you are the perfect candidate for a job, there are still all sorts of reasons you might not get it. Like they've already got somebody else in mind for it, but they right. had to post a position. So, so you have to you have to apply really widely. The other thing is that you are going to grow into uh, the job that you take, and there are two elements to that that are really important. One is that even jobs that don't feel like the perfect fit for you might actually be amazing partly because the organization itself may be great partly because you may stretch yourself and learn some new skills that that actually are things that you come to appreciate later and the other thing is you know you should you should treat the the job description as a set of guidelines about what the job is and not a a set of of absolute requirements. I think a lot of times people look at that and they think, well, I'd love to be able to do something like that someday, but I'm not sure I'm ready for that right now. And it's funny, several years ago, I I talk about this in in the book a little bit, uh, one of my oldest son, uh, you know, was was offered a position, the woman who offered him the job said, "Uh, yeah, you're not really ready for this. But, you know, before we, before we Post this, you had applied for another job, so would you take this one? He called me, he said, Dad, what do I do? I said, Take it. <laughs> and and the reason is I said I said, If you if you apply for a job that you're already ready for, you've aimed too low.
0: Okay. And and, and I I, th- I love that. I don't know, I've never heard someone say that before, but it just it, it's so true.
1: Like yeah we have to stretch ourselves and thinking about growth yeah, yeah. and so and so you, you know and 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 the fact is that that a lot of people will say well but if i if, if i'm not completely qualified for the job there are going to be companies that are just not going to consider me and and the answer is yes that's true yeah but it's not clear that, that those are necessarily companies you want to work for either i think i think a lot of times we're so focused on i got to get a job that we that we focus a little bit less on i have to get a job that is actually going to help me to grow help me to feel good about my position in society and in life, yeah, and and working for a firm that has your development in mind is such an important thing to do because because your career is a series of growth opportunities, okay. and and we all know people who are stuck in jobs that 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 where they feel like they're not growing, they're not changing, and it's it's a it's a horrible place to be, and I think that that we have to. We have to really do our best to look for those opportunities where, sure. where people want to help us to be a better version of ourselves.
0: Sure. Exactly. Do you think age does play a factor in your desire to grow or do you think we should always be growing no matter where we are in our careers? Or You know,
1: I, people may get lazy after a while, I guess, but I, I think we should we should always be looking to grow. I mean, how, how boring is it to, to, to look ahead? You know, I mean. You know, you take somebody in their fifties. I mean, I'm I'm 53 years old. If I didn't think I was going to keep growing, I still have 20 more years in the workplace, plus or minus.
0: Exactly. How, yeah. how
1: horrible would it be to to think I'm going to go 20 more years but not grow at all?
0: Yeah, I I would want to, uh, for lack of a better word, just get out of what whatever, whatever position I was in. I yeah. mean, I think it's change is essential to. Our nature as human beings. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I'm stagnant in any position for any period of time, I'll just naturally feel like I'm in jail, locked up, and
1: whatever yeah. up. Well, I, each each of us as an individual has kind of an optimal level of stability in our lives, and some people like things to be utterly predictable. But but for most of us, we'd like significant chunks of our lives to be predictable, and then and then have some some opportunities for growth mm-hmm. uh, in other areas. And of course, you have to look at the context of your whole life in order to figure out how much of that growth opportunity and how much of that instability you want in your career. So, you know, for people who have have just had kids, for example, um, that's that's its own adventure. Yeah, and and so. Maybe creating a little bit more flexibility in your work sure. schedule. Maybe creating something that isn't quite as stressful at work. Maybe
0: not start your own business at the right. time. Maybe <laughs> you know,
1: know. Again, for some people that could be great. But, sure, sure. But you have to, you have to, you have to pick and choose. And so, and so, I, th- I certainly think that there are times where people may look at their work and say, "Growth is great, but not now."
0: All right, Art. Right. Wanted to bring in some of the principles in your book. Can you talk about how to use how to actually use cognitive science in our job search?
1: Yeah, I think there are several different different places to use this. I mean. I already mentioned this notion of values which really comes out of a combination of what we've learned from the society around us as well as our own just personal journey that we're on which is influenced partly by our genes right there are there are, there are some individual differences that really just reflect the your role of the genetic dice and some of it reflects the the kind of thinking and, and, and work that you've done to, to grow as a person but I think on top of that there are there are several different, things that you can do to, to use cognitive science in the job search. One of them is, is to really be thinking about uh, the, the way that you interact with people, for example, in job interview situations. So one of the things you want to do is to make sure that you really connect with, with interviewers to engage in a real conversation. I think a lot of us, we, have, we, we all have these habits that we bring to any situation. And I think that we tend to think of interviews as being like exams, and, yeah. and and we have this set of beliefs about exams that we've taken from you know from from grade school all the way through college, okay. and in an exam, uh, you know the instructor asks a question. There's a right answer to that question, and you you learn early on that you can't ask for clarification of the question. You know, teachers will say that's you figure it out for yourself. But an interview is not like that. Sure. So so certainly there's a bit of evaluation going on, but a lot of what they're trying to figure out in an interview is, do I really want to work with you? And so when they ask you a question, turn that into a conversation. And if there are elements of the question you're not sure you understand or that you're not 100% sure how to address, you can turn it back on the interviewer and and, 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 and say, well, you know, so what are some of the ways that people in this company have addressed this issue? And, sure. and, and to really, you know, really turn this into a conversation and 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 get a feel for whether the organization actually wants you to develop. I one of, I had an interview way back when I was in uh, college actually for a sales position in which the interviewer started asking me all these questions about how to sell stuff and I'd never had a sales job before. so I, I wasn't sure what to do and, he, and and the interviewer immediately turned it into a sales lesson. <laughs> and it was amazing. I mean, I still to this day go back and think about some of the things I that 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 this this guy told me in the interview, right? Uh, that that actually made me a little bit better at assessing other people's needs and things like that, which had just you know I'd never done anything like that before. And and it was a it was a fascinating job. I mean, I di- only did it for for a summer and a, a little bit little bit into a semester, but but I. I I learned a tremendous amount in the process of doing that and and it was reflected in the interview itself. So so we want to be We want to recognize that an interview is a two-way street. We are learning as much about the firm that we might work for as they're learning about us.
0: And with the, you talk about testing, we're never allowed to, you know, we can't write at the bottom of the test. I have a question for you, you know, about this test. But an interview, that's such a great opportunity to ask, you know, about the company to see if you might be good, you know, if the company might be a good fit for you. Yeah. So,
1: you know, I think, I think another big thing about, about interviews is, is that there's a tendency to want to tell everything. And you know, there's an old adage from screenwriting that a bad a bad script is one that, that tells it doesn't show and that and that you really want to show something, not not have a voiceover that has to tell you everything. Right. And, and so it's fascinating. I love that.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense yeah. to me. And
1: yeah. it fascinates me, for example, that people will say, you know, I'm a real self starter, I like to work hard, I, I really like to be prepared. Well, that's great. But demonstrate that by knowing everything there is to know about the company that you're applying for. You know, read news articles, you know, understand things about their past, dig into who they are, because because by by doing that, what you're demonstrating is I am the sort of person who's going to go above and beyond to be as prepared as possible for every situation that I'm in. And so now you don't have to say I'm 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 a self-starter. I, I work really hard because you showed to it show it just by the way yeah. that you came to the interview.
0: Yeah. You're bringing me back to words of wisdom from um, as my professor in college of managerial communication. He always, always, always said show in whatever way you can. Like, don't just tell show, like tell a story, you know, Yeah, exactly. Give some concrete examples. Uh, There's a principle mentioned in your book where it talks about the psychology of hiring decision makers, how they're in filter out mode. This comes, I think, when they have to look at hundreds of resumes or uh, I want to kind of hear in your own words how to get past that, how to really convince someone that, you know, I should get picked.
1: Yeah. So. So, so one of the things that's really interesting is that, is that hiring managers are in a, uh, in a, have different mindsets at different points in the process. So early on, you know, they've posted a position and there's 125 applicants, but they're only going to interview maybe a handful and they're going right. to consider maybe 20 of those seriously to figure out who, who gets the interview. So they've now got we winnow this pile of 125 down to 20. And so, so now they're in a mindset of rejection and what that means is that they overemphasize reasons to reject your application which means up front you want to you want to search all of your materials to get rid of every possible dumb reason someone might have for tossing your application so you know don't don't put the wrong company name on your cover letter. <laughs> don't not right. It does yeah. well. People people just you know they're spitting out a bunch of job applications. Yeah. You know proofread yeah. it. Take the extra time to For do sure. that. Make sure that you don't have spelling errors. That you've that you've mastered your your and your and there and there and there. Or or get your punctuation right. But 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 make sure that you um, make sure that you really have presented as clean a face as possible. You know, pick a pick a good neutral font. You know, uh, you make sure you're make I sure you.
0: I tend to side with that because I I I do agree. Like, put a little bit of flair, but maybe be a little bit on the safer side. Like, that's right. I mean, yeah, you want to stand out, but at the same time, you you're really right. It's they're in the rejection slash that's filtering right. stages, so don't give them a reason to say no.
1: Yeah. So and then. Once you've once you've gotten through that stage, now, of course, the mindset shifts because now that they've got their 20 that they're looking at, they're looking for who do I want to include in my list of five that I'm going to interview. And so now they're in a mindset of acceptance. And so after having made sure that there were no easy reasons to reject you, now you want to shift to how do I emphasize some of the real strengths that I have that will give the recruiter a reason to include me in the final pool. And so you want to help to tell that story for the recruiter, because one of the things that happens, particularly in a lot of job situations, is that that hiring managers have to give a justification for who they've included in in the final pool of applicants. And so you would like to help them to write that story so that they can fill in whatever paperwork that they have to do, and so that they have a narrative for why you're an exciting candidate to have. And so you want to do that in your cover letter. You want to repeat back a lot of the language that that they used in the job ad itself because that language is going to feel comfortable already to the company because it's their language. You wanna you wanna help to connect your experience, if you have any, with with that role and to and to tell that story that helps the the recruiter to know that you are a, a really good bet for this position. And you want to really focus on the highlights. So one of the fun things that I talk about in the book is this is this observation of something called the presenters' paradox.
0: Yes, which yeah, I, I hear about
1: that, which I really enjoy. And the, the idea behind the presenters' paradox is that a lot of times when you are constructing a resume or or a cover letter, you think to yourself, "I just got to throw in every positive thing I can think about myself." And the assumption there is that that every positive thing you say has some value of positivity, and that and that the the uh, the recruiter is adding all that up, and they're getting a sum total of your goodness. So they're adding everything together. But what the presenter's paradox uh, reflects is that when people are evaluating a resume or, a, or, a, or a, uh, a job packet in general, they're not adding together. What they're really doing is averaging. So, so what that means is if you have three really great things about yourself and then one kind of mediocre thing – from a from a uh, your standpoint, you might think, well, I'll just add all of it together because even that mediocre thing is still positive. But but actually, from the standpoint of the person reading this, those three great things are actually dragged down. By t- the, take
0: down the overall. That's yeah. right. Drags yeah. down
1: the average. So so leave it out. You know, sure. Now that doesn't mean sure. that doesn't mean hide things that somebody really needs to know about. Right. But but uh, but if you have discretion, you know, when, you're, when you when you, when you have some discretion over what you're including. In your in your presentation of yourself, focus on the great things and leave some of those merely good ones behind.
0: Thank you for bringing that up. It, this is something that I'll meet with people one on one in consultations with and I'll tell them, you know, some people it's tough to take out some of those things. Be like, No, I need that. They're like, I need this in here. Yeah. I'm like, listen, I'm your resume writer. I'm, <laughs> I'm going from the outside perspective. You need to take this out. So, but it's I think by bringing in that principle of the average versus yeah. it's, it's uh, the cumulative, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, don't drag down the average.
0: Don't drag it down. Yeah, cool. I'll ask a couple of quick questions here. First, what is one big mistake you see job seekers making in their job search?
1: You know, I I think that that one of the one of the biggest mistakes that people make is is feeling like I've I've just got to get this job. I have I have bad feelings about this. I had a, I had a, didn't have a great interaction with the firm. I I was negotiating with them and they were nickel and diming me on everything. And yet I'm going to take the job. And then and then they're surprised when in fact it's a miserable experience working there <laughs> as well. When when they were basically trying to tell you in every way possible. That, that they're not going to be a particularly friendly place to work. So I, I think, you know, we, we have to we be willing to listen and we have to be willing to, to, to take a, a manageable level of risk. So just because you've been offered a job doesn't mean you have to take that job. And, and so if you feel like, you know, I, I, can, I can survive another couple of months – You you know, it. Sometimes, if you got a really bad feeling about something, feel feel free to walk away from that. You know, a a career is a is is an is an incredibly path dependent thing. You know, I think I think a lot of us don't realize how much one experience that we have then leads to the next, which leads to the next. And so, when you when you put yourself in a bad position, then you you are you're not just unhappy in the moment. You can actually be changing the path that you're on in ways that can make it harder for you to really achieve those big goals that you have for your career. And I like to point out to people that even though the bumper sticker wisdom says nobody ever lay on their deathbed and, and say, said, I wish I'd spent another day at the office. If, if you work a full career in your life, you're going you're gonna to spend about 75,000 hours in the workplace. And and when you look back on that afterwards, you would like that to have added up to something that you think is really important, significant, and was enriching to your life. And you know, I've I've always said that the that the letters T G I F are the four saddest letters in the English <laughs> language. Cause you know, if, if people you're, live
0: in for the weekend. That's right. If yeah. you're just
1: if you're just, just trying to get on till Friday, say so hang on till Friday so I can have a couple of days of, of relief from work then, you know, it's, it's really, that's just a, it's a tough place to be.
0: Yeah, it's sad. It's a not a good way to live your life. I completely agree. Yeah.
1: And, and that starts with the job search.
0: Yeah, it does. Art, if you could give every single job seeker out there one superpower, what would it be?
1: You know, I, the superpower would be to, to take the time to really learn more about yourself you know i think that's the, the most important thing the 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 better that you understand yourself and your values the better able you are to present yourself to prospective employers to evaluate jobs to to determine whether they are a good fit for who you are and the better able you are to bring yourself to work which which is such an important thing to do you know i think i think a lot of people they they feel like they they have to hide aspects of themselves, and we didn't have a chance to talk a lot about things like imposter syndrome. This idea that people feel like they've been hired into positions that they don't deserve to be in.
0: Oh yeah, and when I've you heard that one before, yeah, and
1: when you feel that way, you don't bring yourself to work. You you bring this 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 version of yourself that you think is the one that's going to impress other people. So I think I think the more that you you can understand who you are, and and use cognitive science to help you to do that. The the more that you 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 put yourself on that path to to having a fulfilling career because you are your whole self is coming to work every day and and bringing as much of that as you can.
0: Thank you for saying that. We just did an episode about um, one episode about your greatest weakness and then another about your greatest strengths and we touched upon the 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 concept of self awareness and also mm-hmm. authenticity and mm-hmm. not being afraid to just be who you are and. Like, these are my weaknesses. And these are what I'm working on. You know, yeah. these are my strengths. You don't have to hide your strengths. You don't have to hide your weaknesses.
1: That's right. No, those weaknesses are just things that you, you can work on and improve. If yeah. you don't admit what your weaknesses are, nobody can help you to get better. Love it. Yeah.
0: All right. Before we close up here, do you have any final words of advice for job seekers?
1: You know, what I would say is make sure you stay connected with people. The job search process itself, particularly if you're looking for a job in a position in which you're not currently employed, whether it's a first job or you've taken some time off from work, whether that was your choice or not. Stay connected with other people. I think it's really important. Uh, you know, the, the, the <laughs> workplace itself is a social environment and, and gives you a lot of social interaction. I think there's a tendency for people to hold up and, 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 and not really engage with others. And, and you can engage with people in a lot of different ways while you're going through a job search. One of the wonderful things you can do is to find a volunteer position. With a nonprofit that needs somebody with your expertise, it keeps you fresh. It brings you into contact with people who might actually want to hire you at sure. some point, and uh, and it just gives you that kind of social interaction that 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 makes the day to day piece of it less stressful, so that you don't just sit at home and brood over the fact that that no letters have come today.
0: It can be so depressing. Absolutely, it can be so depressing. And I'm speaking vicariously from a lot of our like, listeners and clients. But you remind me of one. Um, past client I had who, who said he was able to find fulfillment and motivation in his job search just by mentoring other people and yeah. helping him, helping them, you know, get through their craft yeah. too.
1: Yeah, which is another great way of engaging.
0: Yeah. And yeah. That, that pushed him forward until um, the next phase of his, of his career. Yeah. So
1: it's fantastic. Yeah.
0: Now I have to hear you have a website yeah. I think it's smartthinkingbook.com. That's right. Um, and I also want people to know how they can find out more about you or follow you on social.
1: Sure. So uh, you know, be, I guess perhaps because of, of of having a background in marketing as well, got to get out there. There's nothing wrong with 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 uh, selling selling yourself. Nothing and, wrong. And making sure people can find you. So uh, I am on Twitter at uh, AB Markman. LinkedIn. Uh, I am on. I have an author page on Facebook. I, I'm on. I'm on Instagram. Uh, good good (laughs) you know got the got all the social media
0: those pictures and yeah
1: i uh i I do a podcast produced by by the local npr station here in austin kut called two guys on your head which is a seven and a half minute segment that that also airs on fridays if you happen to be in the austin area and uh (laughs) and you can find that also on itunes and stitcher and at twoguysonyourhead.org and love to hear from people so so feel free to connect
0: fantastic well as you all know, for those of you who are jogging, driving, whatever, we want you to be safe. So what I'll do if you are doing that is I'll drop the links in the description of this podcast and um, you can find it out this way. So, all right, Art, thank you so much for joining us today. I can't thank you enough for all of the principles and ideas you've laid out here. You've been an awesome guest.
1: Thanks, Chris. Great to talk to you.
0: And for you career warriors, what I will also do is drop some suggested episodes here. Um, I also mentioned in our 62nd episode, it was my commentary on some of the principles in Art Markman's book. Uh, If you want a little bit more detail about some of the things we discussed, um, you can also hop on over to that episode. And I will also talk about, I'll also leave another link for his book, which I would highly recommend all of you career warriors check out. So this concludes our episode. Please make sure to let us know what you thought. You can send me a request on LinkedIn. I'm Chris Vianueva, CPRW. Would love to know what you thought about this episode. All right, warriors, take care, and I'll see you next week. And for more on your job search, make sure to check out letseatgrandma.com. That's where you can find our blog, where we post the podcast show notes and so many more articles that will help you in your job search. You can also check out our resume services if you are interested in getting your resume professionally reworked. And please make sure to show us some love by jumping onto iTunes and leaving us a rating. The support from my fellow warriors will show the world how great this podcast is and help other people on their job search. Pay it forward. Thanks guys for being true warriors and thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week.